14 minutes it is after 8pm. It's the Shop Stewart's Corner here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening we take a look at uh, the uh, uh, matter here involving, of course, uh, the uh, compensation for occupational injury and disease, uh, especially in the case of uh, domestic workers who uh, for many uh, many a decade, I should say, were excluded from COIDA. And uh, domestic workers led by the unions are saying they're planning to march on the Department uh, of um, uh, Labour on International Workers' Day in August, uh, calling for the Compensation Fund to grant domestic workers more time to lodge their claims for injuries on duty. And domestic workers were given 12 months uh, from the 19th of November 2020 to submit these claims. Joining me on the line uh, to uh, take a look at this particular matter is uh, Tulani Nkosi, Senior Attorney at the Socioeconomic Rights Institute, also joined by Vuyo Mafata, who's the Commissioner at the Compensation Fund. Uh, Tulani and Vuyo, good evening to the pair of you and welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Ayala. Good evening, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, Maybe, uh, Commissioner Maskaleku, if you could just give us some brief background um, to the sequence of events and developments uh, that led to domestic workers being included uh, in the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Disease Act, uh, which, of course, uh, you as the Compensation Fund, I guess, administrate uh, uh, payments of benefits uh, uh, of in that regard, and also for many other elements like workmen's compensation and others? Well, thanks, Ayabonga. Well, I think the, the inclusion of domestic workers in, in, in Kuwait started with the constitutional court ruling that was uh, made in uh, last year in November, which followed, which was uh, following on the heels of the High Court order that had uh, declared the exclusion of domestic workers unconstitutional. So I think that's where, 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 where this process started, and we had been uh, unopposed to the applications from the beginning because uh-huh. the minister had already started processes to amend legislation to make sure that domestic workers are included. Mm-hmm. And and I guess once once that particular judgment came into effect, you you then kickstarted a process for people uh, post 1994 who have receive some occupational injuries in the workplace to, to file, um, and I guess this would apply retrospectively all the way through to 1994. Definitely. So we then started that process, and we also in anticipation of, of, of employers claiming and registering their workers, we mm-hmm. then also started working on a guide which we published last year, early this year in the Government Gazette, where we were then guiding employers and mm-hmm. uh, how to register and also guiding workers what are the rights that or benefits that they're entitled to should they get injured in the workplace or if they had been injured uh, in the past and they need to submit claims. Mm, mm. And and l- let me bring in uh, Tulani, um, you know, an attorney with uh, Seri Tulani. Uh, I guess, you know, with the with the background that uh, the commissioner has given us, I mean, you, your, yourselves as Seri, as a public interest litigation organization, um, have been charged and seized with this matter. You've been working alongside some of the organized groupings of domestic workers. What seems at this point to be your main concern and issue in relation to, I guess, how that decision by the Con Court has been given effect to? Well, Ayabonga, we have, we have a number of difficulties, right? So the first difficulty is that since the Constitutional Court handed out handed down its judgment in mm. November 2020, we have not been seeing any action from the side of the compensation fund. Um, and the type of action that we think would have been necessary here is the type of action 
that deals with educating domestic workers first and foremost that now the law has changed mm. but most importantly here we're dealing with the category of very vulnerable people the constitutional court said that the declaration of invalidity must have retrospective effect going all the way to 27 april 1994. so we thought that you know the compensation fund would take action to educate to educate that category of domestic workers in particular mm. to say from from um april 1994 until now you know the law was 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 did not apply to it excluded you but now you have this opportunity to 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 come forward and bring in a claim mm. so we have not seen that we have not seen um the 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 department uh, be it the Department of Labor and Employment, in, in, including the Compensation Fund, taking those proactive steps, and that worries us a great deal. Mm. Then the second issue we've got difficulties with is that the first um, claimant here is our client, um, Ms. Sylvia Masangu. So um, soon after we we got that victory at the Constitutional Court, we have already bring in or you know lodged her claim with the Compensation Fund. Uh, which which we launched um, in November 2020, and now is June already 2021, and it does not seem as if you know the compensation fund has taken any steps to process that claim. The difficulties we have is as we speak now, we don't even have a claim number um, insofar as that claim is concerned. And every time we try to make follow-ups, we get conflicting statements. Mm-hmm. So wait, so, Tulani, let, let me try and understand this. I mean, the case of Miss Sylvia is probably one of the more prominent ones in this in this instance. Yeah. So, so should I? Is, would I be safe in arguing that you know, if you in that case don't have a claim number, then in all likelihood, there's probably no claim numbers for some of the other workers who would have wanted to claim this on the back of a concord judgment. Yes. So as I say to you, and the <clears throat> Compensation Commissioner is well aware of this, uh, we brought in the, we lodged the claim um, just soon after the Concord judgment in 2020. And obviously one would expect that once you've brought in the claim, uh, you are going to get the claim number, which you're going to use to follow up from time to time. And we don't have that claim. And as I say, every time we try to follow up, we get conflicting um, information um, from, from, from different people we, I personally even went to the compensation house um, in, in February to find out what was happening. Mm. Even that did not help me, you know. Um, so as I sit here now, I'm not in any better position than I was in November 2020. Mm. And, and as you'd understand, the client wants, wants, you know, to know what is happening with the claim. Sure. And we can't even give her that information because we don't know what the fund is doing mm. so far as that claim is concerned. Okay. So, yeah. So, Lani, let, let's pause there for a second because I want to give uh, Commissioner Mafata just an opportunity to respond to some of the issues that you're raising. Commissioner, Nali Kwetale Akala, you know, saying that, uh, hey, the Tunyiwa Nam, but I don't know what to do anymore. All right. No, thanks. Thanks, Ayabong. Well, the, maybe let me just start from this, the issues that that uh, he raised earlier on. So to say that the compensation fund has not taken steps towards uh, assisting domestic workers or employers to register, I think it's far from the truth. Uh, you mentioned the fact that we published a detailed notice in, uh, in, in, in uh, February this year, followed by a series of uh, of, 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 of media uh, uh, 
campaign to try and inform the workers and the employers of um, of, 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 of this fact. Mm. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, sessions uh, with employers because remember here the employer is the one who must register so that their workers can then ac- have access to uh, to quite coverage. So mm. we've targeted uh, a lot of employers. There are campaigns that are planned now in the second half of this year to make sure that we then go to employer and to employees themselves as well to get them to understand uh, what their rights are in terms of the quiet legislation. In anticipation of the volumes that we would get when employers register and eventually when the employers then register claims, we also then also launched an online uh, registration uh, portal mm. in, uh, in, in, in March this year, which allows the domestic employers to be able to then register seamlessly without having to uh, wait and queue for registration at, uh, at the fund. Mm. And these are some of the things that we are putting in place. Already the claims processing is already an online process itself, and employers are able to then submit any online claims that are registered. We have not seen the numbers of registrations as high as we had anticipated them to be, but we are expecting that post the campaigns that we want to have. We did not want to run major campaigns in the middle of our ROE season, April to May, is the season in which employers submit uh, their returns to the, to the fund, and we often don't uh, want to co- conflict the message of uh, submission of returns with any other things uh, during that period. We've just concluded that even now, and we are now starting the uh, uh, campaigns on the domestic workers in particular. So, so, the, 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 so Commissioner, yeah. what, what would you say to, I mean, what uh, Tulani is saying, that uh, he's tried to reach out through some of the channels that have been open uh, to them to at least just get a claim number. I mean, um, so what would your response be to that? So, so here's the thing. So the constitutional court judgment has not rendered other sections of the quiet legislation uh, uh, null and void. So we still, if a claim when it's submitted, it still needs to comply with all the requirements of quiet. And in this case, of the, the case that he's referring to, one of the main issues has been the, getting the employer to register the claim. Mm. This matter has been referred to our inspection and enforcement. It's just that uh, I don't have the details with me now. Mm. But this has been referred to the inspection and enforcement uh, uh, unit in our housing province, uh, in, the, in, in, in our provincial office. And the inspectors are busy attending to this because what needs to happen in this case is we then need to compel the employer to comply with the law and register this claim. And once the claim has been registered, with all the relevant documentation that uh, supports the claim. So COEDA specifies what are the particulars that are in support of a claim. Once all those documents are submitted, we then are in a position to be able to make an assessment of whether we are going to accept liability. So it's also not a foregone conclusion that once mm-hmm. this claim has been registered, we will accept liability for a claim, for this claim, sure. because it then has to comply. So Commissioner, all the requirements. what happens in an instance where I got injured on the job, 1995, and, you know, I mean, I have no contact with who was my employer then. I mean, how, how does that work? Uh, because what you're suggesting is that actually there needs to be another counterparty who's able to say, actually, you did work for me. And on the basis of that, that's what makes the claim legitimate. So, so, the, so those are the things. So we look at each case on its merits. Right? So there has to be some kind of proof that the person has been employed and that there is some kind of proof that we can find that can link whatever the injury or the disease that the worker is suffering from and the job that this person was doing. 
So it's not going to be a situation where people just submit claims and say, I was injured at work, and then we just accept it as such. So we'd have to, and uh, in this case, for example, because we know that we're dealing with quite a, a unique uh, matter here with regard to domestic workers, because in some of the cases, people who were injured in 1994, 95, 96, may not even have some of the medical reports that are required in terms of the law. So we then need to make sure, work with our inspectors, work with our medical services unit to try and see how we then will assist them to be able to get some medical reports that would enable us to make some assessment of whether we are accepting these claims or not. Mm. So fortunately, the COIDA legislation does allow for us to be able to subject any person to some kind of a medical assessment. And in cases where workers are not going to have medical reports and so on, we're going to rely on this provision of the law where we would then be able to help them to get assessed to, make, to help us to make a determination eventually of the claim. Sure, sure. Tulani? Yeah, well. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, what do you make of the commissioner's response and I guess uh, in relation to the claim that you are sitting with, um, suggesting that, you know, the, the issue is not just about making the claim, but there's, a, I guess, a burden of uh, responsibility on yourselves to, to also make sure that the person who had employed the, the person in question uh, should, be, should be also party to this claim. Well, I, I I have two responses to what the commissioner has just said, right? The first response is obviously you hear about the kind of work that they're doing to get the employers registered. But our concern really is on the side of the employee. Um, but one is glad to hear that at least the commissioner is saying they're intending to start some drives going forward to educate employees because um, those are the people that we're most worried about. Insofar as our claim is concerned, the difficulty is that the compensation house is not really communicating with us. You know, as I'm saying to you, we've put in the claim in 2020 already, and up until now, we don't really have anything firm to indicate to us that we've received the claim, this is what's happening, so then at least we're in a position to inform client that this is what is happening. You know, um, but I hear what he's saying. Um, and insofar as the employer is concerned, we did give the compensation house the details of the employer for them to go find him and to try to get him to register and get whatever it is that they need from the employer. Mm. But the real issue here going forward again is that, um, you see... The Constitutional Court said that the exclusion of domestic workers is declared unconstitutional retrospectively. So it kind of like worries us now if the Compensation Commissioner is saying that the law as it stands now still has certain exclusions. We appreciate that, but what does retrospectively mean? Does it not mean that, does it not mean that the law is found to be unconstitutional um, as if or as from the date of 27 April 1994, which would mean that the provisions that the compensation, compensation commissioner wants to rely on should not really apply because at all material times, the law was unconstitutional. Hmm. Okay. So, so, I mean, commissioner, without running the risk of getting into a, uh, a legal discussion, but I do think what uh, Tulani is raising uh, sort of is is worth responding to. I, I mean, what he's suggesting yeah. is that even the framework that gave effect, I guess, to, you know, the COID, um, you know, benefit framework that you guys work with, 
um, in and of itself was, I guess, unconstitutional if we think about it, you know, retrospectively. But what he's also suggesting is that maybe even the mechanisms uh, that are needed to ensure that you pay out a claim also need some review and revision. Well, I think it's a, it's a matter of interpretation because mm. the Constitutional Court has declared the definition of employee in the quota legislation because the only thing that led to the exclusion of domestic workers was the fact that they have not been included in the so, definition sorry, of Commissioner? employee. Sorry, Commissioner. Do you have your radio on, or Tulani? I don't have my radio on. Okay, there's a bit of an echo, but please continue. Okay. So we need to assess all other claims in line with this COIT uh, legislation as it mm. is. Can you pay a claim if you can't find the employer? We'll, if we can't find an employer, we would then have to rely on certain affidavits that can prove employment. If we can improve employment and we can prove that uh, this person was indeed employed by a specific employer, mm. Mm. we will not disadvantage a worker because we don't have... Uh, an employer, but sure. there has to be some particulars that can then prove that this particular person was employed mm. in a specific place. How many claims are in the process now since uh, the 19 November 2020 announcement? Uh, because we you have given people other 12 than months. the claim of uh, Ms. Matlang, we haven't had any other claim. That's one of the reasons why we're saying we're going on this drive. Because, as I said, for example, to date, there's only about 120 employers that have registered. A domestic in the domestic sector since wow. we started the uh, the drive to get them in, uh, in uh, registered. So we agree with with Sarah that there's there's a need for us to have a bigger campaign mm. that can then attract a large number of domestic employers who sure. should register their workers. Commissioner Sisebenzisenenat, we are here, I think, as the media, and then I say that as the broader media fraternity, because many of the people who are listening on to the show are employers of domestic workers, and some are domestic workers in and of themselves. And I think it's a sad indictment on the process if, you know, uh, about seven, eight months later, you've only had one person retrospectively claiming uh, for uh, uh, occupational injury and disease from 1994 in domestic work. And I'm certainly sure there have been many such incidents and claims that uh, ideally should be in the process. Is there a way outside of the sort of... um, I guess, digital process for people to be able to go to some of your centers or the centers of some of your sister institutions within the DEL to try and uh, make sure that they get their claims in? Well, in the department, we have about 127 uh, labor centers. So employers or workers can go to any of those labor centers if they wish to submit a claim. But we always encourage those that are able to do so online. It's always the easiest and the fastest way to make sure that you get feedback on, uh, on, on your claim. Mm. Okay. Tulani, let me give you just the last word on, on that one. It seems our work is cut out, all of us on this call, uh, not just the department, but also yourselves as a, you know, a public advocacy and uh, public interest litigation organization and ourselves here in the media. Well, I mean, my, my, last, my last word on this would be to say that um, Ever since we, we, we launched the Mashangu case um, um, with, that, with, with the compensation fund, we have been saying to the compensation fund that um, let's talk, let's see, let's, let's find ways, let's work together because we understand that what we're dealing with here, um, you know, are people that are vulnerable and mm. many of them, um, you know, th- th- there are going to be issues insofar as lodging claims, you know. And as I say, that the real difficulty we have is that it's either the compensation fund is not willing to, to to talk to us 
or they're not willing to cooperate with us, you know. But at the end of the day, really our interest is to find a solution that works mm-hmm. for domestic workers. Awesome. Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, to the pair of you for your time. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, it's something, once again, Commissioner, uh, I'll say it again, uh, on this particular score and uh, make sure uh, that even in this month of young people, that young people go out and help uh, those who have uh, legitimate claims, uh, uh, COID claims, to be able to fill them out online. Where, where can people do so, uh, just uh, before we let you go? Well, they, well they, okay, they can go to the Department of Employment and Labor's website, mm. and I think all the, the details uh, would be there. Otherwise, they can walk into any of the labor centers okay. of, the, of the department. And I will reach out to Tulani. We'll sit down and have a discussion. Thank you very much. Uh, that there was uh, the uh, commissioner. Uh, of uh, the uh, Compensation Commission uh, speaking to us uh, this evening here on Metro FM Talk of Vyoma Fata and uh, also joined by Senior Attorney at the Socioeconomic Rights Institute, a public interest litigation and advocacy organization, and uh, that there was Tulani Ngosi. We're going to have to leave it there, folks. We're going to take a brief break, though, and uh, when we come back, uh, we take a look under the microscope at uh, this issue. It depends on Nebega King, uh, BEE, and uh, the competition authorities, uh, which... Uh, is set to go before the competition tribunal.